hey there, fellow nerds and ne'er-do-wells. I'm HJ, and welcome to the Adventurers Anonymous podcast, the home of fantasy fucknuggetry. Come join us week by week as a rotating cast of geeks sip cocktails, play Dungeons and Dragons, and dance around the boundaries of common decency. As ever, I'm joined by the usual band of dice-rolling deviants. Now, first up, we have the greased-up angel of death himself, Mr. Chris Rag. How's your week been? Oh. Uh, my week wow. has been pleasant, thank you. I'm the Angel of Death. I was bringing Sweet Sweet Death. I've bought and finished Spider-Man 2, so that was fun. Ah. Mm. A film with Tobey Maguire on DVD? Or <laughs> just a- the PS5 game? Uh, I'll mostly get on VHS. So. <laughs> ah, fucking amazing. Jesus Christ. Uh, I heard you appearing at Cleethorpe's Comic Con this year. Cleethorpe's <laughs> Comic Con? Yeah. Uh, sure. <laughs> why, why, why not? Yeah. You're going to be doing Hanash signings at Cleethorpe's Comic Con for all of our for all of our fans. Yeah, come on down. I got I got an offer the other day for Scarborough Comic Con. Fuck off! And I was like, maybe we should start at Scarborough Comic Con and then just build you up did layer not get by an layer offer for Scarborough Comic Con. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we could go to like a bar in Sheffield and do signings and see and see just like who comes in and think it's too awkward to realise that we're. We're not we're not very popular people. It's just like Field of Dreams, guys. If we build it, they will come. Fake it till you make oh, it. Oh god, no. Also the title of my next sex book. No, we'll get spoilers! Spoilers. Spoilers. I wonder how I differentiate myself from the Hulk impressionists. Or the Hulk impersonators. Well the Hulk the generally in, doesn't have in your head. a metal spike <laughs> sticking out the side of his head. Also, the Hulk is shredded, whereas I feel Hanash is like Jason Momoa. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> just just saying, just saying. He's, he's like a dad bod, dad bod yeah. Hulk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dad, dad, dad bod Hulk. There you go. Name of your next sex tape. <laughs> next up, we have a man who needs no introduction. Now you'll know him from his best-selling self-help sex guide on toe sucking, entitled <laughs> "Knock Your Socks Off." <laughs> <laughs> Six out of ten. Six out of ten. Uh, I would. Oh, I would come pre- on. I'd, I, I get the. I get the line between toe sucking and knock your socks off. Uh, I just think that you know the verbs that you use in the in the two could have been slightly better connected. Many of the verbs and nouns and and adverbs and adjectives were. All right. I tell you, I had some backup ideas. I had. No, um, no, no. Go on, Matt. <laughs> Many of them were words. I had uh, socket to me, baby, but I thought. Bringing the young into it was just a terrible idea, so we just pushed that to one side. And I also had your best-selling self-help sex guide on toe-sucking called Tooth and Nail, but it just sounded a bit bitey. Skews a bit too close to horror films. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, That reminds me of sleep paralysis and, uh, and bad insomnia dreams. So when you can't sleep, you dream of sucking toes? No, I, the the sleep paralysis demon appears in the corner of my room when I can't when I can't move, as is with sleep paralysis, and then uh, crawls over to me as sleep paralysis demons are, are want to do, uh, and then bites my toes off. Wow, I I feel like there's so much to unpack there, and we can't do it justice. But as your therapist, I want to give you the quality time. So if you see me afterwards, we can unpack that Ooh. in a meaningful and constructive we... way. We can't. We can't have that relationship. Come I'm on. guessing David Bowie's going to be the uh, the demon. Hmm? I think David Bowie would play a good demon. Oh, a toe-sucking sleep paralysis demon. 
AJ just made a noise that I can only describe as 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 the gasp coming. <laughs> wow. <laughs> gasp coming. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's when it touches your tonsils and you gag. But like, okay, right. Let's bring it. Bring it back in. Also, if my sleep paralysis demon was played by anybody, it would be Anne Widdicombe, not David Bowie. But we need to draw a line under this because the best is last. Coming to us live and direct from the mystical lands of Finland is Mr. Matt Durant. Now, I realize that I'm generally perceived as being some sort of cultural Luddite on here. So in a bid to improve my understanding of the Finnish culture, I've created a quick fire quiz for you, Matt, which I'm calling... Nordic noggin scratches. I like that. Oh no. The question is, listeners, will Matt Helsinki without a trace or will he be doing a Lapland of Honor? That's the million pound question. Let's go. Now this is quick fire, Matt. So I can't I can't have you Googling this, all right? I'm going to ask you Hands six questions. Keyboard. Okay? Hands off the keyboard. Keep them where you can see. This is the quick fire round, okay? Because we've got serious D&D shit to get up to. Question number one in the Nordic noggin scratches. What is the national dish of Finland? Uh, Kalakukka. All salmon soup. Uh, that's not the answer I've got. Oh. I've got the answer rye bread. Apparently in a national poll in 2016, the national dish of Finland came out as rye bread with the majority of people saying rye bread. So I'm, I'm going to say no there, unfortunately. Okay. No, that's fair. That's a sad national just, dish. Just yeah, that's not a dish. That's not a dish. <laughs> Question number two. What was the former Finnish currency called before the euro was introduced? The marka or mark. Oh, damn it, he got it right, listeners. The euro had been in Finland since 2002 when it replaced the former currency, the Finnish mark. <laughs> now, this is one I know is dear to your heart. Question number three in the Nordic Noggins Ratches. Which of the following sports is not Finnish? A, wife carrying. B, cheese rolling. C, stick horse riding. Or D, swamp football. Oh, I think the B, the um, cheese rolling. Damn it! He got it right, listeners. There are, there are wives, horses, and swamps, but there are no hills, so you can't roll your cheese. Ah. I thought you were about to say there's no cheese, and I was, I was, I was very scared. There's plenty of cheese. It's, it's... Yeah. Okay, this has got to be quick fire, no quips. Right, question number four. What's the national animal of Finland? Amadabob. <laughs> What's the, what's the national animal of Finland? Animal. Oh, I thought you said anthem and animal at the same time. Uh, animal is anthem. Uh, some kind of owl, a bear, a moose. <laughs> one of those was correct, but which one? Some kind of moose. Moose is yeah, on the passport. It's got to be moose, right? It's got to be a moose. It's a bear, apparently. Oh. Bear is the national animal of Finland, more precisely the Finnish brown bear that strolls around the Finnish forest. There were apparently 2,000 wild brown bears still alive in Finland. Who knew? Not bad. Two out of four so far. Coming into land with this. This, I know, is a particularly dear one to your heart. What's the country code when you're calling Finland from abroad? Plus three, five, eight. Plus three, five, eight. Fuck you. It's <laughs> correct. Four out of five so far. Three out of five so far. And last, but most importantly, Matt Durant. <sighs> to seal a deal, how many times have Finland won the Eurovision Song Contest? Oh, he's got this. One times. Fuck! <laughs> yes. Well done. Can I have a bonus point if you can name who it was? It was Lordi in 2006 with uh, Hard Rock Hallelujah. Well done, you. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm very smug, actually. I'm very pleased. Oh, there you go, listeners. I think it should get the point for salmon soup. I don't know what where you're getting your fucking statistics right, from about right, rye bread. It's a dish. It's not a dish. How much XP is this worth? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, the most important question. I was going to say, Matt, I'm going to give you cultural inspiration. You can use that at any time. Oh, you want. oh no. Oh no. <laughs> you are culturally inspired. Does that allow him to be cultural inappropriate just once and then and then he loses it? Oh yeah. Yeah, if you say if you say something culturally inappropriate, it's like the edit button and you can tell AJ to edit it out later. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, don't put that in the final podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do this! <laughs> The people of Azerbaijan will never forgive me. Matt wakes up tomorrow morning, he's just laid in the bath at 7am with his phone, like, on his chest, ringing off the hook. Just like, oh, oh no. <laughs> this is going to dent his chances for the presidential campaign in Finland in about 20 years' time when someone unearths this episode. Right, Matt, I was going to call this section Baltic Brain Teasers, but uh, then I discovered that Finland hasn't actually been in the Baltics since uh, World War Two. Well, it's still geographically in the same place, but yeah, uh, I think. <laughs> well, what? Spoken like a true president. <laughs> That's me. Careful, ready for the... take away your cultural inspiration. <laughs> okay, there you go. That was the longest intro of all time, but I feel it needed to be done. I wasn't giving Finland its full respect, and uh, I've learned a lot. I'm glad. Oh, uh, in fact, I can do a shout-out to Café Nord in Sheffield, who are opening a new branch in Crooks, run by our dear friend, Ianita. Um, so if you're in Crooks or Wood Seats, go down to Café Nord and get some Finnish pastries. They sell rye bread? Uh, probably. Oh, are they already open in Crooks? I went past the new bakery. That might be there. it. Um... They, they didn't look fully open, but they were selling something. Yeah, that might be it. It's a bit... I, I looked at... It, I'm not sure exactly what road it is. It's a bit far from you guys, but it's still in 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 the crooks. Um, but, yeah. In the crooks. <laughs> crooks also being in the Baltics until World War II. <laughs> yes. When it was aggressively <laughs> removed. Returning to the Baltics every winter, any time it snows. Yeah. Yes. 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 Well, they've got a cabin over there, haven't they? So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, are you retrobates ready for a recap? Who wants Retro- a recap? Re- Give me retrobates? Re- retrobates? Does, yes, you're a retrobate. What does retrobates mean? Retrobates. What does retrobates mean? <laughs> I don't know. Don't make me Google it. It sounded cool. <laughs> Fuck me. I get reprobates. <laughs> there you go. I, I hate thought you. you. I right, thought, Chris. I, no, I thought Chris, you were genuinely Chris, going Chris. for something. I thought you were Chris, going for something. I'm giving you. I'm giving you grammatical disadvantage. Okay. Romantic. Oh. Oh, your, your first wisdom check is at Disney. He does this all the time. Ugh. Oh, dear God. Do you know what I really love is that there's people using us as like a language learning exercise. There's people right now learning the English language by listening back to this podcast. And not I well, introduced so much bad grammar to people from Thailand and other countries <laughs> in the Far East. Right. Thailand and other countries. <laughs> it's fine. The Baltics. The Baltics. Thailand famously leaving the Baltics sometime in the 60s. <laughs> Bringing Britain to the Baltics. Are you ready for a recap? Dear God, let's get this show on the road. 
Last we left off with our intrepid adventurers a few weeks ago, they had found themselves trying to track down the last of the fabled Emmentals. They had managed to find the earth, the fire, and the wind Emmental, and were on their last quest to find the water Emmental. Having watched the ocean city of Maritopia burn to the ground by a golden dragon, our brave adventurers had somehow managed to get their shit together, tackle that monstrosity, and then, whilst using the Emmental diary, they had found the location of the last Emmental to be in a place called the Diver's Grave. Setting off there, they had encountered various problems out at sea, which included the fact that some sort of magical mirage was causing it to look like a calm day, even though in reality the the ocean waves were high and choppy and dark. And having somehow navigated this magical illusion, our intrepid adventurers had found themselves on the cusp of a ginormous floating wreckage of a galleon. Now, it was one half of a giant galleon, the other half having presumably sunk into the sea. So, before you, you see an absolutely ginormous, weather-beaten shell of a galleon, some four or five layers up. You can see a cross-section, half of it chopped front to back. You see clean through, just floating on the water. Now, most people would have approached this with caution. However, Hanash decided to get high, I believe, having borrowed some drugs off Aristobulus and just powered the boat right up to the foot of this wreckage. So where we pick up with this week's episode, you are at the foot of the galleon as it looms over the top of you. Um, And I want to say if the vampires are about, it's going to be evening or night. So just for the sake of argument, because I can't remember, we're going to say it's about 10 o'clock at night, okay? So the moon is out, the clouds are out, and you are on some pretty choppy waters on the edge of half a galley. <laughs> I like that you captured the uh, the the video screen as well. <laughs> I don't know how to do it on this on my Linux. I don't, I don't know the Linux. Like a- this week, we're sponsored by Linux and Finland. Well, uh, as 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 I rush to tell you, Linux was invented by a Finnish man. Ooh. Linus Torville? Yes! You fucking nerd. (laughs) 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 Fucking nerd! (laughs) Fucking nerd! (sighs) Okay, right. Uh, Careful, otherwise I'll cancel your cultural inspiration. So what are you all doing? And, And don't forget, obviously, we've got Maud. We've got Aristobulus, and we've also got Toad Flaps. So, sorry, are we looking at the boat, or are we on the boat now, on the, on the galley? Right boat? next to it. So, Hanash, as you stand on, uh, I believe, Tatty, it was sailing the boat. As Hanash, you're leaning against the rail. Now, the drugs that you've imbibed, I believe you snorted, uh, have given you an elevated sense of bravery, meaning that you feel, in this immediacy, no fear. As you stand, you're so close, you can see the edge of your boat banging against these wet, weather-beaten planks of the galleon. They're so close, you could lean out and touch the moss, and they've got, like, winkles, like, attached to the hull from age. Uh, The timbers are rotten, and they've almost gone that kind of algal green 
they're so old. And it goes up and up as you, you're almost in, if it was daytime, it would be in the shade of, but you see like 60 feet up all the way, just planks. It's a big ship. You're on the side of it, by the way. You've come right up to the side. And as you look up, you can see a giant anchor just hanging by a chain. Is the ship more stable than the ship we're currently on? Because I'm a bit worried about if there's choppy waters. Uh, Make me a perception check. Maybe we can tie our boat to that boat, and then if you know if we if we get off our boat and go for a wander round, at least our boat won't get lost as oh, well. Oh yeah, uh, that's a six for perception. Uh, it looks very old. It looks worn down, weather beaten. The only thing you can say for certain is it appears like it's been there so long. If it was going to sink, it would have sank. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. As to its stability. Hard to say on a six. I think as we as we as we pull up next to it and put on the arcane handbrake, I'll um, <laughs> solid reference. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I'll uh, I'll take the I'll take the ropes off the side and I'll tie our ship to that ship if we think we're going to go exploring on it. Does anyone have detect magic just so we can like check there's like the emmental about? I'm guessing there is narratively since we're here. <laughs> I like that. Probably no need to really check in. I can waste your time if I want to. Aristobulus has it, and I think he has locate object as well. It might like give us like a direction to so it's uh, such a huge ship, maybe. Yeah, I don't think he's. Oh, he does have it. Yeah, he has both of them. Uh, so I'm gonna. I think maybe we take Aristobulus with us. Maybe we leave. Just for the sake of not all of us coming at the same time, phrasing. Name of your sex tape. (laughs) (laughs) The sound of a thousand people not coming. No, no, no. Here's no, no, no. Here's here's the best part. As I was passing that out in my brain, I almost, I almost said, I, I almost said coming in the same place. And in my mind, I went, "Don't say that because that'll sound naughty. Say time instead." Um, oh, I've got Bukaki! Bukaki! Wow. Anyone who had Bukaki on their list? Uh, just a little seminal cannon. There we go. Good. Right. Excellent. We'll leave Maud on, on the Lady Luck with uh, the menagerie of pets um, and we will we'll go, we'll take Aristobulus with us and he can use his divining rod to try and find the Emmental. What rod? What are you doing with toad flaps? I'll... I will ask her to stay behind and see what she says. I'll say that we need someone to look after, uh, to keep an eye on Maud and the pets. As you broach the idea to her, she's like, I'll lift you on your own with the dragon. I'm not leaving you on your own again. There is an honor of death to be paid. You're not leaving me on my own. I've got I've got the big guy, I've got the scaly guy, and I've got the the horny priest guy. They'll they'll keep an eye on me. Well listen to me, the other two are bloodsuckers. And quite frankly, the priest. I mean what use is he? Look at him. Look at that divining rod. Look at that. Look at that thing. That's it's enough strength to stand up for hours. Hours. <laughs> 
Narratively, he's flaccid. Don't <laughs> jump the shark. You don't get that kind of strength without pharmaceutical grade enhancements. There's some of that as well. Yeah, I mean, that. yeah, absolutely. How'd you know his erection isn't a religious boon from one of his many gods? Boon! <laughs> boon! <laughs> Lambuna! I mean, it could be. Uh, he is casting locate object, so it could be. It could be a religious. It could be. It could be a, a religious phallus, a miraculous phallus. But don't don't, don't tell make him that. Make me, Mr. Bojangles. Could you make me a persuasion check, please? If you wish to ditch your partner. Ten. She she's like not on my Nelly. I die before you do. That is the way. Not this time, you wee scrot. And she slams you on the back. At some point, Toad Flaps, you really have to explain some of these sayings to me. We scrot, I get, but not on my Nelly. I don't, I don't get that. Tell you what, I'll pencil some time in before my inevitable demise in the final chapter. That would seem narratively appropriate. <laughs> All right, there's some sort of derelict galleon in front of us. And I'll be a wee Scotsman if I'm not first onto the Hulk. Where's Scotland? <laughs> Scotland is a wee place off uh, to one side but also you're a you're a woman <laughs> she looks at you for a while shell shocked she's like I didn't think you noticed ay 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 get on the fucking galleon alright I like it there'll be time for flirting later as uh, you see in front of you where there's Various crumbled down planking directly in front of you where Hanash has slammed the boat into the side. You see the beginnings of cracks through the planking just above sea level in the outer hull of this maritime hulk. There is also an anchor about 30 foot above you. Okay. But I am now in bat form. Okay. Don't shoot me, prick. Looking at Ty. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Try not to kill anyone that we... I almost say care about, and then I say vaguely like. No, no promises. <laughs> comes, out the, comes out of the bat's mouth. No promises. <laughs> right, what, what are you doing now that you're in um, bat form? I go onto the galleon. I move in, I, I float in the galleon's direction. Okay. So all of you staring, Hanash just goes... And just turns into a bat as, like, sparks just cascade down to the ground. As you see the bat fly over slightly and just land on the side of a crack, like a fissure in the hull. As you see the small bat wings, like, encase as the bat just crawls through a crevice in the outer hull with the galleon. As Hanash, you burst through onto the other side. It's dark, gloomy, and wet. As your little beady bat eyes look around, you see a rundown kitchen. Some sort of galley kitchen. You can see uh, various prep stations, utensils which are all rusted, some hanging up by metal hooks and some left on work services. Next to rotten uh, foodstuffs, you see a rotten sausage, various like mounds of mould which you can only assume at some point were breads and cheeses perhaps that have just turned into a forest of mould and down at the other end you can see a giant hearth now cold 
with various giant steel cauldrons hanging on metal hooks above it. Definitely an abandoned kitchen. And like there's like kind of water, like this is like like it's kind of part of this room is sunk. Because I guess this is like I can see where the where the water comes up to. No, see. you're just above the water level. Damp as you like. Everything is slick, wet, dripping, like just condensation on the inside of everything. There's hideous algal blooms across various surfaces and you can hear the, the lapping of waves against the outer hull the sound of the ocean far away every so often water drips down from the ceiling is there any doors or anything to any of the rooms in here door to your right and then it just goes off into the darkness and like what kind of angle is this on like if we stood on this like would could we walk on it or is it like because i guess it's like pointing it upwards would it be challenging uh, make me an insight check six Six. In your limited fashion, you just jump up and down repeatedly and uh, pretty stable. The floorboards creak violently underneath you, but the room stays pretty stable. So I turn back into bat form uh, and I go back through the crack to where everyone else is. And I say, there's a, there's a doorway leading somewhere and it seems to be stable. And then while I'm like picking up all my stuff, I forgot I dropped when I became a bat. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I'll I'll tie off I'll tie off our boat to the galleon before I do anything. I'll wait for, I'll wait for Hunash to get back. Did you say that you you came back and started picking up your stuff? Yeah, I came I came back and I, and I let you guys know about what I saw while I uh, awkwardly picked up my stuff. Cool. I'm fully clothed though. I keep my clothes on all times. Uh, Tati, just make me a pure dexterity check, please, for tying the boat up. Only because it's dark, wet. Uh, 18. Ah, that's pretty good. Yeah, you, you see various, like, bits of the hull which are exposed on the hulk of the galleon as you take your uh, rope, uh, run it through various cleats on your ship, and then run it, like, thread in the eye of the needle round some exposed ribs of the galleon and then tie it off in a knot. It's dark and wet, but you get toad flaps to check over your handiwork and she gives you the seal of approval you feel comfortable leaving the lady luck without it drifting off into the abyss i guess maybe we just jump onto the galleon see if we can find a, a way in that isn't bat sized and and see what we see what we can see can i from where we are from where we are now can i see a an entry point into like the interior of the ship that we'd be able to get through well, where you tied off, some of the planking has come away and you can see the ribs on the outer hull of the galleon. You could, a human could squeeze through. All right. Hunash, um, being overzealous, goes, I'll make a bigger hole! <laughs> I'm so high. And, and I get out of my blunderbuss and just like within a second, like, <laughs> uh, and try and shoot a hole through. <laughs> uh, I mean, just make me a blunderbuss attack against the hull, really. I've been attacking a lot of inanimate objects recently. <laughs> As your psychiatrist. <laughs> we, we must I got six, 16 to hit. <laughs> yeah, it's rotten wooden planking. Uh, make me an attack roll in case damage. Roll me for damage. Seven damage. Seven damage. You blow a good 60 centimetre diameter hole clean through the outholders, just like wet splinters just rain back on you. 
as you you've made a you've made a kind of portal, if you will, into the uh, galley kitchen. Uh, as as all of you look beyond, you can see this splintery, gaping hole in front of you, straight onto a work surface. Uh, you can see various rotten, um, kind of like pieces of meat on hooks, just swaying backwards and forwards. Now slightly pebble dashed with shot. I guess we jump into the jump into the kitchen, take Aristobulus with us. I'll get Aristobulus to cast locate object as well on the water emmental. Aristobulus is like, I don't want to be funny about this, but I might need a little bit of help getting up. Nope. Could you? Nope. Have you got any of the other Emmentals? Hmm. What are you going to do to them? <coughs> well, I'm trying to geolocate. I'm not asking you for a backhander. I'm asking you for a reference. I mean, you did say you needed some help getting it up, so <laughs> you'd, under- you'd understand why I'm worried. I'll, I'll take, right. off my, take off my pack and I will take out the other three and hold them in front of him. He weighs them in his hands, just like holding them up and down, getting the weight of them. He sniffs them, he licks them, he rubs them against the side of his face. And after a while, his religious boon starts swelling deep within him as his anatomical divining rod, gifted to him by the gods, swells and emboldens as he's like, I'm not going to lie, I'm getting mixed signals here, as he just spins around like a weathercock in a storm. It's everywhere, man. The bloody Emmentals everywhere. It's in the goddamn walls. Can I take the other Emmentals back just to make sure that he's not accidentally attuning himself to to one of those ones? I'll just hold <laughs> it out in front of him and see what he see what, see what he does. He slowly hands you the Emmentals back. He's like, empirically, actually, that's quite a good idea. I'm not going to lie. I mean, this ain't a this isn't a exact science, but I'm getting mixed signals. I'm struggling to lock on. Okay. What's your what's I'm getting urges in all directions. All right, easy. This isn't a fucking brothel, dude. What if the fifth Emmental wasn't a cheese, but a person? The fourth Emmental was a... I was going to say, narratively speaking, we only got three, so this is the fourth. But I'm not the brains, merely the appendage of this operation. Can I make a perception check to see if Aristobulus is made of cheese? Just in case. Oh no. Oh no. Uh yeah, of course you can. Yeah, make me a perception check. Ooh, twenty-one. <laughs> That's like the best I've rolled for <laughs> He stands still as you walk up to him, you just run one croco finger down his cheek and just stare at it as he's cold and pallid and sweaty, <laughs> but definitely human. <laughs> no no tangy notes or he smells like a rich blue cheese, but that's about <laughs> where the... Smells. He's got the signature tangy notes of Aristobulus, but... I don't know, maybe if maybe if Locate Object is giving him signals in all directions, something happened to this... Something Either something happened to this, this ship, or the other half of the ship that has probably, probably sunk is where the Emmental is, and I'll point, like, further down... And that's why he's, unless his divining rod is just aggressively flaccid and pointing straight down. I, I don't know. Oh, I see. Like a sock full of rocks. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's just spinning around like a weather vane. 
He's just like going, like he's having to turn with it as well, and he's just knocking stuff off the sideboard. He's 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 like, can we please just find this? And also, I'm getting mixed messages off the crocodile. And could we could we please? I find this place so creepy. Okay. I don't want to be the guy that says it, but if the Emmental somehow is this ship, then maybe we should maybe we should have a wander around and see if we can find anything left behind on the ship to see if we can figure out what happened to it or what it was doing before it before it got before it got cleft in twain. Mm-hmm. God, I love that phrase, cleft in twain. Oh, <sighs> I'm not even going to make a sex tape joke about that. It's so creepy. Cleft in twain. Oh, yeah. I mean, as you hear a belch <sighs> behind you, you look round and you just see Toad Flaps is leaning against a workstation, just eating some rotten pickled eggs uh-huh. that are just like out in a bowl. She's like, "This is mighty nice food." Toad reminds flaps. me of my mother's cooking. That makes so much sense for you. Yeah, enjoy the enjoy the questionable food. Can I grab one of the ammo? I'll hand one over. Which one? I try and take a nibble out of a corner. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Why'd you do this to me narratively? Um, you, you had to know it was coming sooner or later. I'll say I give him the um, the Earth one. I want to see if they're like indestructible or if they're malleable. Like, if someone just like slaps this at them until he gets a wall that's flattered somewhere? Or yeah. is it like a hard thing? Make me... A perception check. Yeah. Like, have we kind of got a pecorino? I know they're all Emmentals, so they'd be quite solid. Uh, five. <laughs> five. Five. You, it's a solid block. Like, each Emmental is about the size of a large hockey puck. As you take the Earth one, you see it's almost got these ancient symbols inscribed on it, but over age, they've kind of lost their hard edges. As you just pop one corner in your mouth and chew, you feel your tooth start to chip as clearly they're long past best. But the aroma that both hits you, both from smell and taste, you get a double assault, is tangy to say the least. Like t- sucking on sweaty toes, like it's it's got like a organic tang to it which cuts you deep. You... Your greatest perception is they're not really for eating, but they definitely have an organic flavour to them from what little you can gauge by, like, dragging your teeth along the hardened, encasened shell. I'm glad I read a self-help book about sucking toes just before this, so I know exactly yeah. how to handle the situation. That, that's a very... Sock it to me, baby, is a great novel. <laughs> No, no, no. We've got, yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not self-help, but it's, a, it's narrative fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a choose-your-own-adventure. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Uh, I, I'll tell my compadres, like, I think it's still in one piece because I have a pretty strong jaw. And, uh, Opens his mouth yeah. and all of his teeth just fall out. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'll take it, put it. Put it back in my pack with the others. I'm not going to wash it first. No. It's just got warm orc drool on it. <laughs> what doesn't? <laughs> Let's get slippery, baby. 
Oh, I get everywhere. 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 That's a good name for an IPA. Tatty, as you stand there, water (laughs) drips off the ceiling and just this cold, wet drip of water lands on your forehead and just trickles down into your eyebrow. As you look up on the ceiling, you see a kind of algal bloom of dampness where the condensation has rotted on the planking with the ceiling as water is just dripping through the floors this hulk. Shall we rise? As ever, as I pointed out, there is a door to the far hand right hand side and darker down to the left, there's this scallion goes further, the, the, the galley kitchen. There is more to it in the shadows to your left. I guess we head right first, see if we can head up and then check everything out on the way up and then do a sweep back as we as we go further down. Yeah, sounds good. Is there any way that we can... Can I let us know if there's like any other living thing on the ship? Is that going to be perception? Hmm? <sighs> Eleven. Eleven. The two things that instantly come to mind are the lapping of the waves on the outer hull, which is loud, and the creaking of the timbers. There's an ever-present creaking as you feel the joints and timbers of the boat wefting and weighing and turning on each other. It, 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 it's... It's creaking in the round. Every, every part of it is creaking in the wind, in the waves. Is there any like, mechanics like so I can be like hyper-aware like, if something attacks us, I can kind of be ready for it? Because I'm just conscious. I feel like those things that were on like, the sea tail or whatever are going to be like around. I want to be... Passive perception. Mm. Everyone's got passive perception. Uh, that's probably the closest mechanic you have in, in D&D. Um, in fact, cool. each of you, what is your, the three of you, what's your passive perceptions? 18. 13. Fuck me. 13. Tatty's your guy. If anything, if anything untoward is going down, chances are Tatty's hearing it first. He's the canary in the coal mine. Yeah. The gnome in the, the gnome, the gnome in the half sunken ship. <laughs> yeah. That's the saying goes. The gnome in the glory hole. <laughs> nope. Yeah, they'll, they'll kill the small one first. Hmm. <laughs> How very progressive of you. <laughs> I guess we head through the door on the right-hand side and see if we see where that takes us, see if we can start winding up to the upper floors, see what's up there. I'm probably looking out in particular for, like, if I can see, depending on what half of the ship this is, if I can see, like, the captain's quarters or something like that, or what used to be the captain's quarters. So as you make your way to the right-hand side of the galley kitchen... Stepping carefully over rotten food, which has clearly fallen off work surfaces with the waves buffeting it, you see the door in front of you. Single wooden door, four panels, slightly warped brass handle. Looks like it opens towards you. Can I investigate the door? I'm a little bit suspicious at the minute. See if I can find any traps or anything. Yeah, sure. Roll me insight, please. Uh, 16. You apply your best judgment to the lock mechanism and the surrounding environments. And to the best of your knowledge, you can see nothing mechanical or magical of suspicion about this door. Okay. And it opens towards me, did you say? You can see the hinges on this side. I'll uh, open it and see what's on the other side. I'll um, cover with with the blunderbuss as he opens. As you look back at Hanash, who's cocked his ginormous blunderbuss pointing 
towards the back of your head just above you. You nod slowly with some degree of fear in your eyes. As Tatty, you reach up your small, tiny hand, touching it to the brass handle. (laughs) You feel the coldness. This metal lock has been left to the... um, to, 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 to the wet, cold blast of the sea air. It's cold to the touch. As you turn it, there's no resistance whatsoever. As you turn it, you feel the mechanism click and the door slides open. I need you to make me a dexterity saving. Uh, 24. 24. Phenomenal. You feel it at first because of the resistance on the door with that roll. As the door opens, suddenly it's got more momentum than it should do as you stand to one side. Hanash, an entire beef carcass. You see that what's beyond is a cold store and the ebbing and owing of the waves, one of the beef carcasses has fallen off its tenterhook as it's just leaned against the door. It's an entire beef carcass, frozen and dried, is just falling out the door. Beef! Cured meat glory! I shout, Meat! <laughs> Streetcar named Desire style. Boot. <laughs> as you, you see the gnome slide out the way as you look down the barrel of your blunderbuss at a tumbling beef carcass. I guess I shoot because I'd be startled. <laughs> <laughs> I, shoot, I shoot the beef. You shoot the beef. Okay, just make me a normal uh, attack with your blunderbuss. <laughs> sure. Shooting the beef. <laughs> I get a 17 to hit. 17 here. Hairpin trigger reactions. Uh, how much damage do you do? Six damage. Six damage. Hairpin reactions. As you see this giant beef carcass, you see the bones and the sinew and the muscles are all dried and desiccated. You just pull the trigger. Kaboom! As you, everybody, with a showered in like dry muscle and bone, <laughs> as you just see the shattered remains of the carcass on the floor. Tati, you just sidestep this whole thing. Uh, you just get a face full of dried beef jerky, basically. <laughs> As you look beyond, you just see a cold meat store, various hooks swinging on metal poles with dried meats, various barrels with vegetables long since past their best, just dry and withered, pruny. Can I pass some vegetables down to Toad Flops, see if she likes them? Toad Flaps just picks up a desiccated yam. <laughs> and she's like, Oh, exotic. I like it. As you see it just sucking on the end of a yam. <laughs> Ooh, illegal. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say, all right, unless anyone wants some questionable food to go, let's go check out the other side of the, of the galley. Okay. So turning around and leaving it, you both split in the party, walk either side of a central island that runs down the middle of the galley. It's obviously a workstation at some point for whatever manner of chef ever used to service this this galleon. You see the work surfaces are just littered full of dusty and mouldy bowls and cooking utensils this way and that way, rusty cleaver knives, chopping boards, and you see that you know, all the accoutrement of of a working kitchen is here, but in, in a real rundown state. As you make your way to the other end of the galley, now in the light you can see you can see a service hatch on the left, and you can see two uh swing doors, or a set of swing doors if you 
for the um, chefs and waiters to come and go. And there's a hatch as well, did you say? Yeah, to the left is a service hatch, uh, which is just like a small internal window that you can just put food trays. Through. Oh, like a oh, like a like a dumb waiter. Yeah, but without the waiter, uh, without the lift. Well, yeah, it's just a um, like a just like a hole in the wall that you can pass food through. <laughs> just put dicks through. <laughs> Yeah, if your wow. dick was giant and square in nature, you could also slide your dick through a service hatch. I give everyone a, a very suggestive look, and then we go through the <laughs> two-way doors. Slowly pushing your way through the two-way doors, they push outwards with no resistance whatsoever as you come into what looks like a dining room in various states of disrepair. You see... You could. It doesn't take much to imagine that this was a dining room that seated 30 or 40 people at its prime, all on different tables, and the, the, the tablecloths are still there on some of the tables, although quite a lot of the tablecloths have been eaten and worn and weathered, whether by moth or by mould. You can see the discoloured tablecloths and various cutlery left on the different tables, some of the um, glass flutes still standing and some are fallen and smashed on the floor. Some of the tables are still laid for guests. You see... Um, oh, spooky. You see, um, yeah, tables and bowls. One of the tables still has an actual service on it. You see food in bowls rotting. Just um, a spoon sticking out of a soup bowl with some green quagmire of rotten food in it. As again, water dripping down from the planks above. Is Aristobulus's uh, divining rod still uh, sending him spinning? He's getting mixed signals as he's like, it's everywhere, boss. As he reaches down and just twangs it in a in a bid to reset it, it's still sending him spinning. He's like, we're either standing on top of it or it's in the walls. Mm. I wonder if it's like the storm all around us or something like that. Yeah. Like its powers imbued. I was thinking that. I was thinking as we as we go around the ship, maybe th- maybe this ship is the centre of the storm or something, like something on here is powering the illusion. I think we we head through the dining room and see if we can find a way to, to go upstairs. Which is amazing, actually, because I was literally about to tell you, you can see a very run-down, very broken very ramshackle set of stairs at the far end of the dining hall leading up into the gloom, to the darkness, but clearly in a bad state of disrepair, like the flights are still there on the steps, but the wood is warped, rotten and ruined, but still a set of stairs nonetheless that with care could be traversed. Ganesh, in his, in his drug-ridden state, sprints up the stairs. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Hanash, with a burst of energy that makes um, Belsia, you jump as everything has been cautious, everything has been done with a degree of care and fear. So far, you just see the green flash bolt through (laughs) as Hanash slams into a table. You hear all the glassware and crockery rock as a glass flute tumbles, rolls off the edge of the table and you hear a tinkling and a shattering of glass on the floor. As Hanash belts it up the stairs. Hanash, I need you to make me... I'm going to say a dexterity saving throw. Oh, no. (laughs) There we go. Thirteen. Thirteen. You run, first step, bounding. Second step, bounding. Third step, 
crunch as your foot goes through the rotten planking. You reach out a green hand and just grab onto a rung on the <laughs> banister as your body is hanging in the centre of the stairs. As uh, one of your biceps rippling with muscles, pulling, holding your entire body weight, you just swing as you turn back and just wave at your friend with a big grin on your face, proud of your of your work. So I put my like feet on the wall, so I'm kind of just, like hanging around. I'm like I yeah. found the bad one, <laughs> I did it, and and then I try and like jump onto like the the next possible. Step. Okay, do you want to make me just make me an athletic skill check? Right. Nineteen. Yeah. So like the monkey bars at the at the playground, arm over arm over arm, going up the banisters. Every time checking it to put for you know stability before you put your weight on it, you manage to rather than going up the stairs, you strong arm yourself <laughs> up the, the banister rails. You just sit cross legged at the top of the stairs, grinning back down at everyone, just giving them the thumbs up, having used brute force and strength. Come on, you nimble fucks. <laughs> when did Hunash get so I was about to say, when did he get so horny? He's always been horny. <laughs> so Rude. It's always been rude. Yeah. Uh, go on, Belsia, you can go first. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I just turned into mist and go up the stairs. <laughs> Cheat. It's my guy. Uh, can I, I'm going to use my slippers of spider climbing. Can I use the use the walls around the stairs? Especially the one that Hanash has already pointed out, where there's a broken stair. And I will attempt to use uh, the other parts of the wall to get around the staircase. Yeah, I mean, in a roundabout kind of way with your boots of spider climbing, you defy the laws of physics itself. And although getting a bit dirty and grimy with like the kind of like slick, moldy walls, you manage to make it to the top with little ado. That just leaves Toad Flaps and Aristobulus standing at the bottom, staring at each other. We could turn you into vampires. Surrounded by all of Elsia's belongings. Oh, yeah. As they both shrug at each other, Toad Flaps is like, after you, my friend. As Aristobulus making his way forward very gingerly, stepping... Aristobulus makes his way forward, very gingerly stepping on the various planks, testing his weight on them. He's going to make a dexterity saving. Yeah, not bad. With a few false steps, a few creaks, puts his foot through, but without putting too much weight on it, he slowly makes his way to the top and just collapses in a heap of like nerves at the top and toad flaps dies walking like good king wenceslas in the steps behind aristobulus she makes her way up going well until the third rung you just hear a crack as she just falls through the stairs and you just hear her plummet into the floor below do we have a chance to do anything or you will you all just watch that's your life that <laughs> you hear a wet splashing noise coming from down as you she's clearly hit some water beneath I'm gonna just like reach my head over and be like you okay you just see her like flailing around she's like I mean not exactly I'm not I don't want to make a big thing out of it but I'm not exactly the best swimmer in the world oh fantastic time to tell us that's alright don't worry I'll be alright I'm a big girl hold on as you just see her sculling in water, trying to, like, stay upright. She's like, have you got a rope or something like that? Anyone got any rope? I think we can do better than rope. Got ice knife. 
someone came and I fucking had, <laughs> I, don't you dare <laughs> you fucking long faced crocodile cunt if you fucking hit me with an ice knife I swear to god I'll wait till you're fucking sleeping I'll climb up your cloaca I swear to god just put me down a rope anyone who had cloaca in the bingo needs to needs to make sure they mark that off yeah does anyone does anyone have any rope I'd like to make sure that this person doesn't die okay who comes on a fucking adventure without a rope you fucking bellends I use it as a dumbass all my stuff's at the bottom of the sea yeah that's <laughs> yeah that's that's a good point it, it kind of is I don't have any rope we'll we'll come down and get you take all your clothes off and tie them in knots what about a spiritual weapon yeah maybe Aristobulus can send I, 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 I swear to god has one of you got a mage hand I've got uh something I've packed just for this occasion, though mainly for myself. Uh, water walk. Ooh. A, a new spell for Belsia, which grants the ability to move across any liquid surface as if it were harmless solid ground. Amazing. So I can I cast that on everyone just in case we need it. Because I can do up to ten nice. willing creatures. I especially appreciate that. So I as, don't as, as a vampire. You look down at Toadflaps who's just bobbing in the water trying to like skull with her hands and feet to try and stay like buoyant in the water as uh, suddenly she just bursts onto the surface and she's like oh that's new I like that take back what you said about my cloaca now <laughs> not the not the long face croco cunt bit <laughs> alright I'm mostly into gnomes but I'll make an exception for you as you see She's she's strong for her size, as you see her gripping bits of broken planking on the walls as she climbs up. And again, much like Hanash, going like banister rail to banister rail, she just strong arms herself up. As she stands by the side of you, Belsia, she nods at you. She's like, do you know what? You're all right. I'm going for a kiss. Completely <laughs> <laughs> misreading the situation. That's, uh, that's, that's um, legit. You go in for a kiss as her <laughs> eyes go wide. Now, it's hard to say why her eyes go wide at this point, listeners. It's somewhere between the unexpected embrace of the kiss and also, if you've ever been kissed by a crocodile, it is a full-mouth <laughs> experience as her tiny lips are embraced by the four-and-a-half-foot of razor-sharp teeth <laughs> as... Somewhere in the danger is an intimacy that neither were expecting. But as you release from the toothy enamel kiss, there's just a moment of awkwardness between you as you both turn and just go your separate ways. She wipes off some of the cuts down the side of her face from the kiss. It's blood hurt. She looks over at you, Tatty. She's like, I'm not going to lie. That was some different gravy. <laughs> what he has can't be taught <laughs> she, just, she just has like somewhat like just cuts down the side um, now then Tatty it's in the middle of watching this intimate uh, embrace between two of your colleagues something catches out the corner of her eye you see a glow and with your passive perception of 19 spinning like a pivot arrow up into your uh, bow you look down the corridor you see a woman in a dress with kind of like weather-worn grey hair as she stands staring at you, a piercing cold gaze in her eye. And she nods 
and just drift sideways through a door at the end of the corridor. She's maybe 20 or 30 feet at the end of the corridor. Guys, you just guys, see her walk sideways. Guys, I'm just, I'm doing, I'm, do, I'm doing this with my hands to try and get people's attention while not taking my eyes off her. And I'm just, I'm just like, guys, we've got a poltergeist situation. Guys, guys, Quiet, guys. Tatty, we're trying to find the Emmental. Guys, 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 it's a Halloween special. Guys, 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 <laughs> guys, guys. No, there's a poltergeist. We've got business to handle. <laughs> if, enough of your shenanigans. <laughs> Belsia was trying to get his end away. <laughs> 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 Belsia struggling much like anyone who's ever worked in the porn industry like 20 minutes in he's got the sweats on like he's looking pale and gone as all the blood is currently like you know rushed downstairs to the he's, uh, he's feeling it right it's at this point we're going to have a break because that permeates the episode punctuates the episode really really nicely if you're about to do some real real horror shit I'll kiss you right on the mouth I've seen what happened with Bell Sierra and Toe Flaps, and quite frankly, no. <laughs> well, there you go, listeners. That's about all we're going to achieve for this week's episode of the Adventurers Anonymous podcast. We just want to say thank you for tuning in for another dollop of fun-packed fantasy fuck nuggetry. Now then, seeing as you've made it this far, why not consider hitting that subscribe button and never miss another episode again? Better yet, if you're feeling fruity, why not consider giving us a five-star review on whatever podcasting platform you are on? All of your reviews and recommendations go a hell of a long way towards encouraging us to make more of this debauched nonsense. Now then, if you fancy chatting to us about anything that you've heard across the course of this episode, and yes, that includes the awkward kiss between Belsiar and Toad Flaps, you can come find us on X, formerly known as Twitter, where our handle is at Adventurers A-N-O number one. And we also have an Instagram account if you want to jump over there. Uh, and I think you can also find us on Facebook. So then, that just leaves time to say a massive goodbye from all of us here, from uh, Matt and Raggy and Chris. We're all off to think about our life choices as we engage in a bit of uh, ghoulish nonsense. God, the end of that episode was a bit creepy, wasn't it? Dear God, I'm feeling a bit seasick after spending so much time uh, imagining that galleon. (laughs) Well, with any luck, we'll see you back here next week. Happy adventuring, my friends. It's over. Piss off. Go home. The end.